Exploring the Bizarre. bizarre. Your e-ticket ride into the world of the paranormal. Strap yourself in as we traverse the universe exploring the unexplained. UFOs, UFOs, ghosts, ghosts, lost worlds, cryptozoology, as well as other dimensions. It's time to take back the night. Now, your electrifying hosts of Exploring the Bizarre, Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz. Ugh, I really hate being cramped up with you in this ship. Uh, and it's starting to smell like swamp gas in here. <coughs> uh, must be that Martian red bean soup again. <laughs> but hey, we're on a joyride, mm. so what does it matter? We're supposed to be here looking for college students to party with. Mm, okay, well, um, uh, now I see some co-eds down there looking out their dorm window. Uh, maybe we could land in that swamp over there and see if they want to uh, hook up with us. <laughs> well, hey, hey it, it, it looks like they're interested. I see them waving their hands back and forth at us. Uh, no, no, Tim. Uh, look a bit closer. It looks like they're moving their hands and bodies because they're scared to death. You would think that they've never seen a spaceship and a couple of party-going aliens. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's terrible. Didn't mean to scare the bejesus out of anyone, but... All we are is just a pair of wild and crazy Martians out for a good time. Well, okay. I suggest that we uh, 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 find a different landing spot and uh, go over to the KCRR studios in Las Vegas. Eh, didn't you say uh, we should look for a safe harbor? Mm. Oh, well, this, this is Ann Arbor. Isn't that close enough? Mm-hmm. Okay, round of applause. <laughs> I hear crickets. Uh, you do, huh? That's I right. hear you had a bad. St- I hear you had a bad storm out there last night. Oh well, yeah, it's uh, 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 springtime in Indiana. It, uh, it was fortunate that uh, uh, we didn't have any tornadoes, but we had a thunderstorm roll through with some uh, straight line winds. I think they clocked it at uh, one gust at over 60 miles an hour. So uh, that's uh, that can get uh, pretty high. And, and we heard it we heard it coming too from the distance. I mean, you know, the, you've heard people describe uh, tornado as sounding like a, a train. Uh, that's what it sounded like, even though like I said, it was just uh, straight line winds, but we heard that that roaring coming towards the house we were like uh we better get down the basement but no well, you know no damage i i got a, a somewhat panicky uh, uh email from uh, diane tessman there in iowa mm-hmm. uh, she was uh, wondering what the heck was uh, going on if it was an earthquake or a sonic boom she said the the house uh, shook and the uh, the snow up on the roof just went all over the, uh, the place and the Dogs have started uh, up, uh, but nothing in the uh, the media uh, about it that she could uh, see. But uh, there is a, 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 a such a thing as uh, uh, thunderstorms during snow. I mean, most people, oh yeah, really, but uh, there is, yes. and that kind of uh, that kind of uh, you know freak weather and, and climate change and all is uh, uh, certainly uh, you know happening uh, all around us. Uh, 
course, there are a lot of things that are happening all around <laughs> us, but that kind of reminds me of uh, you know this uh, book that we just uh, finished uh, working on this uh, week, uh, which is a uh, update of a uh, of a volume we did back in the 1970s and 80s. We put out several editions. Uh, this is the new edition of uh, Psychic and UFO Revelations in the 21st Century. Right. It's got all kind. Yeah, yeah. It's got all kinds of predict. Uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of predictions and channeled uh, messages and uh, uh, the whole uh, ball of wax. It's uh, quite a. Uh, I guess a memorial is that the right word uh, to the whole UFO and contactee movement. It's just fully illustrated with a lot of rare and never before published uh, photographs of uh, some of the uh, better known and uh, lesser known uh, channelers and uh, contactees, especially those from the um, California desert uh, area out around uh, Giant Rock. And, and I know you, you've just uh, finished up a book that probably will be available in a couple of days. Uh, that's mm -hmm. what Cosmic uh, Messages from the Asteroid Command? That's right. Cosmic, uh, the title is Cosmic Messages from the Space Brothers and Ashtar Command. And again, yeah. this is uh, channeled material from uh, the late uh, Tuella. And, uh, well, so and, uh, yeah. and and about, I think it's 20, uh, we per, uh, advertise it as 28 symposiums from representatives of the uh, Space and Solar uh, Council. Now, I, I know that some people are critical of this type of uh, material, uh, but um, like Tawella says, for those who uh, believe, uh, you know, you will accept it for those that don't believe nothing will ever uh, confirm this uh, for you. So uh, that's not exactly the words. She was much more eloquent. Uh, uh, but, <laughs> uh, and, and anyway, we, we have, we have been uh, busy uh, regardless of uh, what's going on uh, all around this, which is of course very, uh, very menacing. I, I mean, what, what can you say about it? It's just uh, terrible. I mean, the situation we find ourselves in with this, uh, uh, epidemic, but uh, anyway, let us get on with the program tonight, which I'm very uh, ex excited about because it's a uh, involves a, a a case a study that uh, probably is one of the most the famous and well known of uh, in the entire uh, entire history of ufology. Well, that's right. Well, our guest tonight, and I'm so happy that uh, she's agreed to be on the program with us. I've been on uh, uh, her uh, show a couple of times, so uh, it's uh, great that uh, Barbara DeLong uh, can join us tonight. Now, Barbara is internationally known radio podcast host. She's a spiritual empath, author, artist, lecturer, and ordained minister. Now, she's been working professionally in the spiritual field since the early 1960s. Uh, 1970, sorry, Barbara, in addition to being a full-time special education teacher and single parent. Now, in the 1980s, she began painting personal mandalas for friends, and since that time, her paintings and life readings that uh, go with them are now worldwide with over 400 of them in private collections. These individual paintings evolved into a circular oracle card deck called the Cosmic Deck of Intuition. Uh, the deck was published in 1991 as a peaceful and more spiritual substitute to the standard tarot deck uh, with many thousands purchased around the world. Now, in October of 2009, she launched her own radio show, Nightlight, which uh, features spiritual 
spiritual philosophy, questions and answers, and awesome interviews with authors and those in the metaphysical field. The show also offers a platform for planting seeds of spiritual insight as well as a showcase for featured authors offered insight from a plethora of different modalities. So, Barbara, thank you very much for being with us on Exploring the Bazaar. Well, it's a pleasure. And, you know, when you were talking about channeling, I channel. And so, you know, I I definitely um, channel material is spectacular if it's truly channeled. And when you can find a good channel, my goodness, pay attention to what they say because it comes from a higher place. Well, you know, uh, Tim neglected to mention, though, one of the reasons that I'm uh, uh, so uh, excited to talk with you is that you were involved, like I say, uh, in one of the most historic UFO events all, uh, of all time. You were there uh, in, 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 in Michigan when the air was full of uh, swamp gas. That's the, beginning <laughs> of our, that's the beginning of our program. Now, I have to ask you, uh, there is a very famous uh, photograph that appeared in one of the papers. I don't know whether it was the Detroit paper or Ann Arbor paper. It shows about five or six uh, girls, co-eds, standing at the, uh, the window of their dormitory uh, looking out. Uh, was any of those gals you? No, and, and I don't think any of those gals in the picture were actually there either. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, come on. I mean, first of all, our dorms were awful. And second of all, they all looked too well-dressed because this happened at almost 11, well, after 11 o'clock at night. And most yes. of us were not dressed for day. So, uh-huh. um, no, that, that picture was probably staged, but very effective. I mean, you know, the, hair, the hairstyles are certainly um, for the time frame. But, yes, I was there. Um, and it was it was probably I in in a lot of reports of the this particular sighting they say it happened at University of Michigan. It did not. It happened at the University of Eastern Michigan, which was just a couple of miles away from U of M. But um, I guess U of M sounded better, so they put U of M in there. But now is, yeah. is this is this is this the Dexter uh, uh, dormitory? No, I was no. It was actually I was in uh, King Hall um, at uh-huh. University of Eastern Michigan, and um, it was really kind of weird. We were um, we had been locked well, what, in. Well, well, let, let's, let's set the stage. What uh, what day of the week and what uh, time uh, was it? Okay, um, I I I don't remember what day of the week it was, but uh-huh. it was it was after eleven o'clock at night because um, we had. Uh, heard on the news, there had been a news, a news flash that um, a UFO had been spotted around the University of Eastern Michigan in a source, and, and that the local airports had all been shut down, and there were three of them. And so, um, you know, we all were going at the windows and looking at the windows and opening the windows. It was, it was chilly out, so I think it may have been March or April, but I'm not really sure. I think um, it was I, March, yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and more. so between my dorm and the baseball diamond, um, there was a large building, and we, we heard the police cars rushing by, sirens and everything. And um, 
you know, we looked out the windows, we could see all these police cars coming, and it it was a little scary. And um, we heard, we could hear their radios um, because we had the windows open, and we heard one of the radios say, you know, we're going to turn on the stadium lights to see it better. And we could see the glow in the sky as the lights went on, and then we saw, I saw this, this saucer raise up. We all, well, I saw the saucer raise up, and it swooped over my dorm, and it blacked out the sky. It was that close. My goodness. So um, I've, I've often said, it's, it's a phrase I say so often, people are going to really get sick of it, but if it had had a VIN number, I could have seen it. Uh-huh. And what was, and then it just, it felt like it hovered there and then it was gone. There was no air displacement. There was no sonic boom. It was just gone. And it was fascinating because, you know, certainly there were a lot of girls, you know, hanging, not hanging out the window, but watching. And some of them, one of them fainted. One of them ended up in her closet crying and screaming um, you know, others just ran, and and then there were there were those that didn't see it that were standing right next to me. My and, goodness! And I, you know, well, that's I pretty. Of, that, that's that's happened uh, quite a bit. We we've had a lot of uh, uh, reports like that where uh, people, a cluster of people, would be together looking in the sky, and there would be a uh, a definite object of uh, some uh, size or or shape, and some of people would not see it at all, and, and other people would describe it somewhat differently than uh, another part of the group, you know? Yeah, it was, it was really phenomenal, and I wasn't scared. Um, and, sh- and so, you know, we all kind of were, were hanging by the radio because, of course, you know, we were sure, you know, a report of what had happened was going to be on the radio. And when the radio came on for the midnight um, report, there was nothing, absolutely huh. nothing. No, no, you know, this is reported or any, nothing. And, you know, we kind of all looked at each other and we're, and we're a little terrified because it seemed very strange. And um, then, then we, we noticed that, that the, um, the campus was being patrolled by police officers with... Um, <sighs> German shepherds for the whole rest of the night and they were in pairs. So, so they really, really were worried that, you know, something was going on, but they didn't know what. And, uh, it it was very strange because there was nothing in the newspapers the next day that I saw. Um, there may have been reports, but they, they certainly weren't in the Michigan papers that I saw. Well, now how long, how long after this though, did, uh, the uh, reports get into the paper that uh, the objects had been uh, seen landing in a, in a, the swampy area. Um, well, it, first of all, it was a baseball field. It wasn't swampy at all, but J. Allen oh. Hynek did come out and investigate and he declared everything swamp gas. But if that was swamp gas, it was the most solid swamp gas I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Um, and, and it had, and it could fly. And swamp gas just kind of drifts up from no. the ground. It doesn't. Yeah, you know, yeah, very low level methane type of uh, uh, gas. We we see that a, a lot around the cemeteries uh, too. People get very excited, uh, uh, you know, thinking they're watching a UFO, but they're little flickers of light. Now, 
there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of uh, UFO reports around cemeteries, of course, uh-huh. ancient uh, Indian mounds and burial graves and things like that, and as well as regular cemeteries. But there is a phenomena. Uh, you know, I don't know. Has anybody actually seen swamp gas? I, I'm uh, I'm wondering about that. I mean, you never uh, outside of this one particular uh, case. Uh, you never hear anybody talk about it. I mean, uh, I don't know. I'll have to Google it and, and, and find out. But what exactly did the object uh, uh, look like? I don't think he gave us a, a full detail. It, it was a dish. It was a saucer. And and it, it, it looked huge. And it was, you know, I'm trying to, um, I'm, I'm not really good at gauging distances or anything, but yes. for it to block out the whole sky and for it to have landed on the baseball diamond, it had to be, um, at least a hundred feet across. Oh, uh-huh. So, um, you know, it, and I think what, what was amazing was, was how it affected everybody. And, and there were, it, it didn't have any, um, lights or portals on it that I saw, but it did, it did have lights glowing from it. It's like the skin was glowing. Um, yeah. and there, and I saw red and I saw yellow and I saw green lights. So... Yeah. But, and and you think you think it was intelligently controlled, obviously. Uh, yeah, I, I well, you know, it, first of all, it was large enough, and yeah. you know, at that time, of course, um, I didn't know what a what a UFO was, and you know, at this point, um, well, how, have, how 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 old would you have been at that uh, point? Like twenty? Um. Yeah, twenty, twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. 20, yeah. So obviously, though, this had, I mean, here we are today on Exploring the Bazaar, talking about this sighting, and yeah, you've had other experiences, and you've written uh, uh, literature on various other subjects and things like that. So obviously, and, and you mentioned earlier that uh, you are a channel, so obviously this must have had uh, some impact uh, on you. I mean, do you think that it did? Uh, did oh, this, absolutely. Uh, lead, this yeah, is- lead to... To, to all the things that have happened since in your life? I would, I would say absolutely. And, and I think I, I sort of, um, you know, I was always, I was always sensitive. I was always interested in, you know, telepathy and all of that stuff. But I, I would think it feels like that was the one place where I can say that consciousness changed. And mm-hmm. when I saw it, it was, it was sort of like, we're not alone and and there's more out there and there's more to this world and universe than I have ever known and it opened that doorway that portal inside of me um I think when you when people see UFOs or or are have have a a metaphysical experience that there is a level of consciousness and that has nothing to do with intellect it's a level of consciousness that you you are using within within you at this at this moment in time in your evolution that will either accept or reject it, and if it rejects it, you don't see it, and if it accepts it, you go, "Whoa, look at that!" So, well, now, how uh, long how how long after? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, how long after uh, this um, uh, incident? Did you start to, to channel, and, and what was the circumstances? Well, I wouldn't say I started channeling right away. I, I would say that it, it put me on a, a pathway of wanting to learn about intuition and spirituality and 
and all sorts of stuff like that. So that, so that from I went from one moment thinking, okay, I graduate school, I graduate school, I teach school, I I teach school, I get married, I have children, and I'm a housewife. And after that experience, it was it was it changed completely about what I wanted to do with my life. And you know, while I while I did teach and I got married and I had a child, um, there was always something else there. There was always saying I w- there was always that voice in in my head saying there's something more. Keep looking. And it was probably um, let's see, that was in the '60s. It was probably in the '70s that I started uh, a class. I, I was involved in a class for spiritual development. And, and that's where the channeling started, and that was amazing because it was sort of like, um, you know, we had homework assignments, and they were on, on topics that were, you know, spiritually oriented, like the seasons of my soul or the rainbow of my existence or the portal to who knows where. And, yes. and, I, found, and I found that, that um, I would sit and think real hard on, you know, how to write this and what do I want to say and how do I want to say it. And I usually, you know, have pages and pages of notes and then I, I would usually just say, oh, screw this. I just don't know where I'm going with it. And I would start writing. And, but writing without thinking, writing without truly focusing on what I was saying, but more or less letting it, it come through me. And then I realized, well, this is a heck of a lot easier. <laughs> and, and so that's where the channeling began. And well, who, in, who, 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 were, who were you, you channeling exactly? Okay, this, is, this is a, um, a great question. Um, mm-hmm. I, I channel the spirit that's within me, that is eternal and that has traveled through time. Um, lots of people say, say they channel and believe they channel, and I believe they believe it, that they channel Archangel Michael or Jesus yes. or, you know. Mother Mary. Mother Mary. Sure. And in my opinion, at this point in time, um, our consciousness is geared to accept certain things. And depending on where our consciousness is, Sometimes we need to have information come from an outside source because we won't trust what comes from inside. So at that point, the spirit within gives us a holographic, um, a holographic perception that there is another entity there, but in reality it isn't. It's a holographic um, expression that's come from within, but the I believe personally that, that most channelers truly do channel from their higher consciousness, which is the spirit that is ageless and, and can, can draw material from any point in time or any wisdom that has been or is going to be out there. All right, I need to interrupt you here because we are coming to our bottom of the hour break. So when we come back, we will continue our conversation with Barbara DeLong on Exploring the Bazaar. Exploring the Bazaar. 
every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. The best paranormal talk this side of the Milky Way. The KCOR Digital Radio Network hotline number is open at 702-425-9230. 702-425-9230. Worldwide callers use Skype name KCOR Radio. More exploring the bazaar with Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz on the KCOR Digital Radio Network after this. KCOR listeners, Lorian Fenton here from the Fenton Files to tell you how to watch UFOCon 2020, which was held right before the virus scare and shelter in place. It was a conference like no other, so don't miss out on the specially priced on-demand replay of what is already the most talked about conference of 2020. Visit UFOCon2020.com. That's UFOCon2020.com. There is a world outside that which we live in. A realm where fact and fiction collide. The Paradigm Matrix. The Paradigm Matrix. Hosted by Willie Miranda. Every Friday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very world. The one-hour show that will surely leave you hanging on the edge of the rabbit hole. The Paradigm Matrix explores a universe of topics from UFOs, cryptozoology, conspiracies, as well as all things paranormal. Enter a world of the twisted and deformed. Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The Paradigm Matrix, exclusively on the KCOR Digital Radio Network, where fact and fiction collide. Alien Deceptions, a suspenseful sci-fi romance thriller by Tina Marie, featuring the tantalizing Erica Jones and the mysterious Russell Hamilton. An out-of-this-world book of fiction, based on years of document facts and files the government does not want you to know about, at least not yet. Alien Deceptions by Tina Marie. Available now at Amazon.com or get a signed copy at TinaMarieEntertainment.com. Get your copy now. Great. It's great. I think it's great. great. The all new KCOR Digital Radio Network. Make a note of it. They say that the truth is stranger than fiction. What if they are one and the same? It's a life form, unlike anything we know. Not cellular, but electrical in nature. Extremely intelligent. Join Dave Emmons, host of The Strange Truth, every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, 
as he connects the dots that others miss. The Strange Truth is a groundbreaking two-hour talk show that interviews the hottest UFO experts, experiencers, whistleblowers, and spiritual masters from around the world. A tool for people to connect with the universe and begin to understand it. The Strange Truth. It digs deep into current events, the extraterrestrial contact phenomenon, explores suppressed history, and dissects false flag conspiracy, all while expanding your spiritual ascendance. What was that name again? The Strange Truth, hosted by Dave Emmons, live every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on the KCOR Digital Radio Network. Come get tomorrow's news today. The KCOR Digital Radio Network hotline number is open at 702-425-9230. 702-425-9230. Worldwide callers use Skype name KCOR Radio. Tweet your comments anytime to KCOR Radio or simply use hashtag KCOR. Even better, jump in the live chat room and share your thoughts with the show at KCORradio.com. Now back to exploring the bizarre with two of the most electrifying researchers in the paranormal, your hosts, Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz. And welcome back to Exploring the Bazaar. I'm Tim Swartz. Tonight, our guest is Barbara DeLong, and I highly recommend that uh, you tune in to uh, Barbara's uh, show, Nightlight. And Barbara, where can uh, uh, people find your show? Um, it's on Block Talk Radio, but if you go to my website, um, barbaradelong.com, there's a link right there to the, to the radio show. All right, fantastic, and uh, and I know it's an excellent show, and you've got uh, uh, some uh, uh, great and uh, <laughs> wonderful guests. Yes, you, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, now um, going back uh, to uh, uh, your 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 sighting, you know, afterwards, and I mean, not just uh, the the sighting there on. Uh, at, at at the college, but uh, just the, the general collection of, of sightings that were being seen all over Michigan. You know, you had uh, uh, J. Allen Heineck, uh come in at uh, <laughs> who uh, at that time he was working for the Air Force, and basically it was his job to come in and uh, and debunk. Uh, yeah. uh, sightings, and and I know because uh, I, I I knew Jay Allen before he passed away, and he admitted that uh, uh, it was to his embarrassment that he had to proclaim that what everybody was saying could have been swamp gas. You know, he he told me he said he wasn't saying it, it was swamp gas. He was just putting that out there <laughs> yeah. as an explanation. But now. Uh, when you found out about that later, I mean, you know, how did that make you feel? Because you, you, you know, you and your friends, I mean, you definitely saw something only to have the, you know, so-called expert uh, declare that, you know, what you saw, I mean, you know, even though he was impressed by uh, uh, you know, the stories that, uh, that you all told him, uh, but, 
you know, he he dismissed it as, oh, well, you know, it's, it's just something more mundane than than actual physical ob- unknown object flying overhead. Well, yeah, and and you know, there was the inference that you know, he, here we're hormonal women. We we obviously don't know what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> but but you know, it's it's really it's fascinating because for the most part. At that time in my life, if somebody, if I said I saw something and they said, no, you didn't, um, mm-hmm. I would have said, well, maybe I'm wrong. But it was, it's one of the few times that um, I, I continued to talk about it, even though people would look at me like I was crazy. Um, I, I, when, I, when I started teaching in Michigan, um, somebody did pull me aside and say, you know, you should not talk about that UFO crap because, you know, they'll think you're crazy and you could get fired. And, um, and, and that's, that was very true. So, um, but, uh, it's something that, well, I didn't broadcast, you know, if somebody asked me, I, I absolutely said, yes, I've seen one and I, I do believe in them. Um, and you know, it, it's something that, uh, it touches you in such a different way so that, so that it's almost like a switch is turned on inside of you portal is opened up, or I, I don't know exactly how to explain it. It's something that, you know, you, you could probably have, have, you know, denied me my, my caffeine or whatever, and I still would have said, no, it really, I saw it. It was there. And, and, and some of the girls standing next to me would say, I didn't see anything. Mm. So um, it, it's, it's a matter of, you know, it's something you, you believe in. And I think the reason that I hang, hung on so tightly to it was because it 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 opened a doorway for me to explore so much else that was out there that I I never would have gotten involved in had it not been for that experience. Now the the girls you said they were standing next to you that you know, said that they didn't you know see anything. Do you think that they were being honest or they were trying to protect themselves and, and not protect themselves from, you know, the jeers that would come afterwards, but just, you know, there are a lot of people who, when they see something that is outside of their realm of knowledge, so to speak, that they just simply refuse to believe what their eyes are seeing and just like, I didn't see anything. Yeah. I, I think that they genuinely believed they didn't see something, but, you know, at some point in time, you know, here we are, you know, 50 years and more afterwards that they probably now would say, yeah, I did see something. But mm-hmm. at the time, I don't think they were lying. I don't think they were hiding anything. I truly think that their consciousness would not allow them to see something they could not cope with. Have you talked to, have you talked to any of the uh, girls uh, uh, since then or in recent years? <laughs> You're talking, you know, let's see, this is the 60s. Um, you know, no, I haven't. Um, I mean, you lose touch after a while. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and, and well, as, as well now, after your sighting, I mean, you know, you, you felt that, uh, this, this was rather a game changer for you, though it may have taken a while for that, uh, realization to, uh, work its way into you. Uh, did anybody else, uh, among that group say anything to you that along the same lines, like, uh, wow, this is, you know, this is something that, you know, I never expected in my life. Uh, no. But but it's it, what was interesting was when I saw uh, 
third encounter, a uh, strange encounter of a third kind. Mm-hmm. There was a line in it um, when, at the very end, when they were, you know, sending our our soldiers into the spaceship to go to their, you know, planet, and they were we, they were sending the one guy that had, you know, climbed the mountain and everything, and they were saying, you know, you can't send him, and the and the one guy said, we have to. He was invited. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt. Um, it was sort of like, you know, okay. I was invited to to stretch myself into other other realms, other other things. I never would have gotten into past life stuff or or um, gosh, uh, traveling in time or folding time or or the fact that there are portals or or um, gosh, crop circles or any of the other things that I've become involved in. I never would have stretched into had it not been for that one experience. Now, after that one experience over the years, and I mean, you know, you you've you've just absolutely, you know, have have done some some amazing things. Have you have you had any impressions on just exactly what it was that you saw that night? Um, and and I know that for for a lot of people. The, the whole UFO phenomena really does uh, smack into the unknowable. But, you know, have, have you had any impressions, uh, you know, over the years on, you know, uh, on, on what that experience was, you know, what the intelligence behind it was? Um, well, you know, I, I've, I've looked at, first of all, science fiction and how our science fiction movies have often prepared us for what reality is coming. Certainly look at Star Trek with the doors that open and shut when we walk up to them or tricorders and things like that. Um, so that, so that in, in some ways, you know, our, our movies and sometimes television um, pre- are preparing our consciousnesses to be able to accept and, and flow with things that are coming. And, and I, I think that probably... UFOs like that, um, we're, we're sort of, you know, getting us ready to not be fearful and, and know that that was out there and that, that I don't think it was meant to contact anybody or, or anything like that. Uh, maybe it was out of gas. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> it, you know, I, I, I think that, that I don't know that it was manned. Um, given the chance to go back and experience it again, I certainly would have approached it differently. But, um it 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 didn't feel like it was manned, but it was large enough to be manned. And and I'm just wondering now, with all the, that's come out um, since then, you know, they they have um, there's so much out there about how we had we had gotten downed UFOs and we had reverse we reverse engineered them and have been doing it for for decades and decades and decades. Um, I don't know if it was one of ours because there were three army bases right around us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't. I don't know if it was one of ours, one of Germany's or Japan's or you know whoever's. I, I don't. I don't know. You know. I don't know if it was made in Japan or not. I. You know. It's. It's sort of like it landed and it took off and it's and it. We tried to follow it, and it, it seemed to be streaking towards a, a brighter light in the sky. And we watched it for a very long time, 
but then nothing happened. Um, so I don't know if, if the powers that be are trying to get us used to the fact that there's this kind of technology out there and become comfortable with it. Uh, the Nazis certainly were investigating with it. Um, so were we, and if you look at Solar Warden and all of that material, then, then we already have spaceships out there. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it befuddles me because when you see a, an unidentified flying object, it could be any number of different things, and um, it could be aliens or not, or it could be us. So I got nothing. <laughs> well, and uh, uh, really, I mean, I, I I applaud you for that because you know so many people who have become involved with this field feel like that they have to give some kind of definitive explanation. This, you know, the the phenomena is this or that. And I think that uh, uh, when people start to do that, then they, you know, kind of lose some credibility, in my opinion. Well, well, I'll tell you, if, if I met a reptilian, I'd be able to tell you they exist. If I met a gray, I'd be able to tell you they exist. I know our consciousness, our, our, the spirit within us, is able to give us holograms that are phenomenal. And so, you know, I, I want to more than see one, I want to shake hands. And, you know, if, if I'm that good that I can holographic something like that, I am really hot stuff. But, but you know, it, it's sort of like I don't want to say something exists if I haven't seen it or touched it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, um, I think that, that I have a responsibility to give you exactly what I saw. I, do, I, I can tell you what I saw. I'm not sure what I know. Well, speaking of speaking of consciousness, now um, uh, you have, gosh, I mean, you, you have done so much, uh, you know, from from your uh, Mandela paintings to uh, your um, um, I don't want to call them uh, tarot cards. What, what what was the name that you gave them? Uh, they're, or- they're oracle cards. Oracle cards, right? Um, when it comes to consciousness. What is it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I'm trying to come up with a better, you know, a better way to ask that question. Okay. But you know, that you know, that's one of that's one of the things that you know, right now, really seems to uh, divide, you know, it's like philosophy big, and science is it, the whole idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay, so in 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 my opinion. The source of all creation was consciousness, and consciousness mm-hmm. created a, a, a singularity, and consciousness sent out seeds, and those seeds were a part of its consciousness, and we are those seeds. So we have a connection to the source of creation. And, and so inside of us, we have a tremendous amount of information and wisdom that is experiencing this lifetime in a physical form. We have a physical body, we have a consciousness, which some people call the soul, and then we have our higher consciousness, that which travels within the physical body. At death, the body and the soul stay here and and go to bed. And our consciousness, our higher consciousness, is what moves into the other realms, into the etheric, 
and then chooses or not chooses to um, experience physicality again. It takes on another form and, and rides with that form through what it, whatever the lifetime is for that particular being. Consciousness is, is awareness. It's where wisdom is. It's not where knowledge is. It's where wisdom is. We give it knowledge when we do things, you know, during our day-to-day activities. But, but the wisdom that channelers give, see, this is where you tell the difference really between um, a channel and somebody who's giving a very well-informed opinion. Um, if, you're, if you are truly reading channeled material, it's giving you philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's not giving you absolutes. And when, when, you, when you pray, you're, you're literally praying to yourself and saying, give me insight. You know, you've got the answers. Give me the win- insight. And, and so you'll get a dream or you'll get a feeling or you'll get some indication as to a direction you should go. And those insights and inspirations come directly from the spirit that's within you. It won't tell you what to do, but it will give you a philosophy to apply to the situation for you to make a free will choice. So consciousness is etheric. It has no form. It has no body. It has no eyes, ears, nose, or throat. It is, it is energy. And it's energy with, with um, intent. And, and it has, you know, the need to grow. And, and in, my, in my opinion... We aren't here to return to the source. We are here to gather enough material so that at some point in time, we have gathered enough, and I'm talking billions of years, mm-hmm. um, so that we become a consciousness that creates its own universe mm. and sends out seeds. I, I think, I think our, our job here is not to return to where we came from, but to go forth and become exactly what we came from be the creator of our own universes yes now that's just my opinion but that's a good one and i i've been working with that for a long time (laughs) no i like i like that i like that one so now on your show um you've had uh, a, a, a number of um what would the term be? Psychics, you know, people who will uh, 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 do readings and you know make make yep. predict predictions and 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 things like that. Um, in your opinion, I mean, do you do you think that this is? Do you think this is accurate? Do you think that these people, uh, the majority of the time, are just kind of like uh, uh, guessing? Or do you think that, um, to a certain extent, uh, uh, the future can be uh, perceived? Um, or, you know, I mean, we, we've had people on the show who, who, who say that, you know, like uh, the universe and time, it's like a block universe, that the past, present, and future exist all at the same time. And the future is the same as the past. It's already been determined, and it can't be changed. Well, um, I did psychic readings on my radio show for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought I was helping people for free because if they couldn't afford to go to a psychic, that I would be there. And then I realized, uh, and it took me a long time to realize that, I might add, 
um, that I had created a huge following of codependent people who weren't <laughs> thinking for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I stopped doing the readings on my radio show. Um, I believe that, that being psychic is part of your development and evolution. Everybody is psychic to a certain degree. If you work with it, it's like a muscle. You become better. But you become better by understanding and becoming more sensitive to yourself. There are a lot of psychics out there who have, I think, a God complex. And um, I, I can honestly say that I, I don't go for psychic readings at all. Because if I can't figure it out, then, you know, I'm wasting my time here. So um, I believe that, that, that psychics, good psychics who have gone beyond being just a psychic and have become more spiritual and are, are exploring their own spirituality and their own intuition and their own finding the source within themselves and finding that, that wonderful bridge between the consciousness and the higher consciousness and become bridge walkers, I call them, because they're able to span the two realities, the physical and the spiritual. I, I think they're, very, they're, they're few and far between. And for the most part, um, people will, whatever a psychic gives you is filtered through their own personal experience. Mm-hmm. So you're basically getting what they would do in this situation. You're not getting what, what spirit wants you to hear. And, and if, you know, spirit may want you to hear, this is a time for patience to, to take stock and to, to move into, you know, those projects that you haven't finished. This isn't a time for you to try to move into another uh, job. You, you need, you know, when, when it's ready, the universe will provide that opportunity because you'll either get fired or you quit and you move on. But if you have a question, you shouldn't do anything. I mean, if you go to a psychic to get information on how to live your life, you're all wrong. If you go to a psychic and you're looking at how do I get more into my spirituality, what are my talents, what are my gifts, what do you see, how can I utilize those to expand where I am so I can take charge of my own life, that's a whole other ball of wax. And, and so I, I feel that a lot of people are psychic, becoming sensitive, and they want to make a living at doing this work. And I totally disagree with that. Um, I believe spiritual, spiritual stuff should be free. You shouldn't you have to charge for it. If, it. if it's spiritual, it was given to you, and you were enabled to develop it in order to benefit your life. So you have no business charging for that. that it was a gift. <laughs> All but, right, Barbara. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to interrupt you here because we only have a couple of minutes left in the show. So I want to give you the opportunity to let our audience know uh, where they can find you online and, uh, again, where they can uh, listen to your show. Absolutely. Uh, the website is barbaradelong.com. And on it, you'll, see, you'll find links to the radio show and you'll find links to everything that I've done and, and also to the YouTube channel, and all of the radio shows go up onto the YouTube channel, and that's Barbara DeLong as well. Um, I keep it real simple. And, um, you know, we have lots of great guests coming up, and and we're having a lot of fun with doing interviews. Mark Eddy is a part of the show now, and he has his own show on Tuesday nights, and and I run the switchboard for him. And um, we've had a, a, a lot of fun even stretching what the show has done by 
you know, some of the material and, and the guests that he's brought on onto the show as well. So it's it's been a lot of fun, and it continues to be fun. And, and when it stops being fun, I'll stop doing it. But it's been fun for a long time now. <laughs> All right. Well, and uh, uh, Tim, uh, what's the what's the name of uh, your newest uh, book coming out? Oh, it's the uh, Psychic and UFO Revelations in the 21st uh, Century, and it's just loaded with material, the channel, basically channel material, but prophecies and predictions, and uh, some of which have uh, come uh, true, and uh, some of which uh, the uh, aliens uh, uh, just missed. <laughs> I don't know, way, way, way off. I mean, I did a little bit, there's a little bit of both. I mean, we didn't uh, censor it to that degree. And it is also a, a tribute to the, uh, I think, the early UFO contactee movement. And don't forget our YouTube channel, Mr. UFO Secret Files. Uh, we've got over 400 interviews uh, up there. And uh, Tim, uh, thanks for uh, being with us again tonight. And Tina and Peter and Helen and Carol and all our listeners out there in radio and You've been listening to Exploring the Bazaar with hosts Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz. They're taking back the night by jetting non-stop across the cosmos in search of the truly bizarre and totally unexplained with you as their co-pilot. Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on the KCOR Digital Radio Network. For more information on exploring the bazaar and hosts Timothy Beckley and Tim Swartz, check out their KCOR Digital Radio Network. Follow their YouTube channel at MRUFO1100. Exploring the bazaar. You're listening to the all-new KCOR, The Core, broadcasting from Las Vegas, Nevada, the entertainment capital of the world. Hell yeah, in a little place called Area 51.